Listener, a heads up. This episode contains some mature themes around violence and genocide, so parents, you might want to listen to this one with your headphones on. Thanks for listening today. After I survived the genocide, I really prayed and I asked God um, to lead me to loving His people. And His people, again, it's all of us. It's every single one of us. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello. I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. God tells us to forgive, but why do we have to forgive? Our guest today had every reason not to forgive. In April 1994, nine-year-old Jeanne Celestine Lakin lost everything. Her parents and nearly all of her grown-up relatives were murdered during the Rwandan genocide. For a hundred days, Jeanne and her two little sisters hid in the bushes to escape. How do you forgive after something like that? Jeanne shares her struggles to forgive and how God gave her the strength and courage to do what she couldn't do on her own. And she shares the beautiful hope and joy and redemption that God brought out of this terrible tragedy. Jeanne exudes joy and hope. How is it even possible to have such joy on the heels of such suffering? Jeanne encourages us to know that we all have the power to choose to listen to God and to do what he tells us to do, to forgive. But why forgive? To be free. To forgive is to unlock the prison door and set the prisoner free and then discover that prisoner is you. Jeanne is an award-winning author and speaker and founder of a nonprofit called One Million Orphans. Her story is miraculous, harrowing, courageous, powerfully moving, and so beautiful. I know you will be as humbled as I was and awe inspired by listening to her. It feels like we are treading on holy ground. So, without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Jean Celestine Lakin. So really, for people who might not be familiar with Rwandan genocide against the Tutsi people, it was one of those very organized uh, mass killing campaign that I, you know, our modern history has never seen. In uh, three months, over one million people were killed in the genocide. And um, having to navigate that as a child was something that I felt like I needed God's guidance, you know, uh, because as a nine-year-old, there's nothing I could have done to save myself. I counted how many times I almost died in the genocide. 
and it's over 200 times. And so there's nothing that I could have done, but God really showed up. After the genocide, almost at the end of it, uh, the people who were, who were participating in the genocide, those who were killing, they knew that, you know, the new government was coming in, which was uh, mainly the Tutsi army coming to basically try to rescue anyone who had survived. And so the man who actually had kept me at the end of the genocide, kept me in his home, you know, raped me as well. He decided that I would actually go to a different country, that I would flee Rwanda with him. And so it was as I was moving into the refugee camp with him and all the other people who were fleeing the country, they identified me among other people who men, women and children. So they identified me as a Tutsi. So they put me in line with the others who were going to be killed. And I was, uh, as I was standing in this line, I was just praying like I have done the past like three months of that darkness. And I'm praying the same prayer, saying, God, please blind them that they might not see me. So they killed every single one of those people in front of me. They get to me, they throw me, my body on the ground, raise the machetes to come in pieces like everybody else. And I hear this woman screaming in the distance, yelling and saying, no, no, stop, stop. That's my daughter. That's my child. And I'm thinking to myself, because I had already seen my mother's dead body before in the genocide, and I'm thinking to myself that this woman is going to arrive here, and she's going to realize that I am not the daughter that she has lost. She's weaving herself among these thousands of people who are standing by watching me. She looks at me, and I looked at her eyes, and she said, yeah, this is my child. And she was glowing, she was beautiful, she was flawless. And I'm thinking to myself, I am just gonna play along. And these men, what they did, they actually took me aside and they took her on the other side. They asked us both the same question, series of questions, where I was born, how old I was, uh, what city, my first and last name everything just matched. They throw me back right in her, into her arms. And they said, yeah, go. You're not dying today, but someday you will. And as I, this woman, as she was holding my arm, walking me away, I just felt this presence of peace, so much love around me. And then I looked back to see these men that were killing the rest of the people who were behind me. And she told me, she, she said, go with these people, I will be with you. I will protect you. It was in that moment she released my hand and she disappeared. I have never, I ran in this uh, refugee camp and, and again, there's thousands and thousands of people running in this refugee camp trying to find this woman who now I felt like she was my protector and I couldn't find her anywhere. And I knew in that moment that once again, God showed up. After the genocide, I was filled with so much hatred and so much bitterness because of what happened to me. And I said, God, I, I don't think you created me to live in this darkness, in this place of pain where you had saved me. Somebody killed my parents. I was raped. 
because somebody chose to abuse me as a child. I can't forgive. Somebody killed my family, almost my entire relatives. I can't forgive this. And God said, forgive them. And so the more he said that to me, I said, okay, God, you want me to do this? I need your help. <laughs> I need you. I need you to give me the strength to be able to do this because I, as a human being, cannot. So when I was able to forgive and pray for them, I felt like my spirit was lifted. I felt like there was all these possibilities of things that I, I couldn't even do as a child. I felt like there was this openness. I mean, my mind was free. There was this freedom in my mind. And that's what forgiveness really does for us. It gives us this strength. It opens this light. I could walk outside for once after I did that. I could smell roses. I could smell flowers. The sunshine would hit my face and I would just feel this joy inside of me that I couldn't feel when I didn't, you know, when I was just feeling bitter and angry. And so really God has given me the power to forgive. He asks us to forgive because he, that's how we, we are liberated. So I'm going to read uh, a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. And this passage is actually the one um, I've been invited to so many churches throughout the uh, United States. And uh, pastors from the church, they usually refer this story to they say there's a lot of similarities uh, in this story of Joseph and my story. Before, I never understood, but it's what a blessing to be able to even share this in truth. Jacob had sons, but all of his sons, Joseph was his favorite. One day, Jacob gave Joseph a splendid new robe. It was a beautiful, rich with all colors of rainbow. But he made Joseph's brothers jealous. They tore Joseph's robe, rainbow robe off him and sold him to slave traders for 20 pieces of silver. The traders took Joseph to Egypt and made him into, into a slave. God had a magnificent dream of Joseph's life. And even when it looked like everything had gone wrong, God would use all to help to make the dream come true. God will use everything that had happened to Joseph to do something good. One night, Pharaoh, a king of Egypt, had a scary dream about thin cows gobbling up fat cows. What on earth did, did he mean? He didn't know. But Joseph was a dream expert, so Pharaoh sent him. It means famine is coming, Joseph explained. There won't be enough food. Pharaoh was so pleased that Joseph's skill that he immediately took Joseph out of jail and made him a prince. Now back home, Joseph's brothers had run out of food and everyone was hungry. God's special family was in danger. If they didn't get food soon, they would starve to death. So Joseph's brother traveled to Egypt to buy food. They came and knelt before the new prince. His brothers didn't know that the prince was Joseph. But Joseph knew who they were. It's me, Joseph cried. When they saw it was Joseph, his brothers were afraid. 
they had wronged Joseph. They had sinned and they had they knew it. Now Joseph would certainly punish them. But Joseph looked at his brothers, his eyes filled with tears. Even though his brothers had hurt him and hated him and wanted him dead, in spite of everything, he didn't stop loving them. His heart, which they had broken, filled with love, and Joseph forgave them. Joseph threw his arms around them. Don't be afraid, he said. Behind what you were doing, underneath everything that was happening, God was doing something good. God was making everything right again. Joseph didn't punish them. He rescued them. So this story really, um, it actually makes me want to cry at the end of it because you, you just think of the kind of love. Uh, it's just a beautiful story that how God loves us, how God uses all the messy things that we have gone through for his glory to do good work in the world. I love uh, Joseph, the way he loved his brothers. Uh, yes, it is painful. Sometimes we're going through so much pain. and uh, But if we can just really ask God to give us the strength and the ability to be able to forgive whatever that has happened uh, and to love despite everything that has happened, it's where God uses not only us, but how he uses the people who have, how God can use those other people who have wronged us uh, to do good work in the world. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show, because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great, because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.